You don't put those inside of you, do you? This is a show about women. I mean, you do? Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. <laughs> Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm John O'Brien, host of Money and Wealth on the Black Effect Podcast Network. I'm an entrepreneur and a businessman. Now, every Thursday, my newest venture is educating you on how to win financially. Even better, I'm going to teach it in a way that, well, you can understand. I'm going to meet you where you are and take you where you need to be. We all might have different starting points and end goals, but as long as we have the desire to acquire financial freedom, it can be done. Listen to Money and Wealth with John Hope Bryant every Thursday on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up? This your boy, Jerry Clark, and I am the host of Storytime with Legendary Jerry Podcast. For the last 30 years, I have worked with some of your favorite artists, like Outkast, Killer Mike, Jeezy, Akon, Jermaine Dupree, and so many, many more. Storytime with Legendary Jerry is an ode to the South. Southern rap has had the game on lock for years, and now I'm telling you legendary stories of how we did it. Listen to Storytime with Legendary Jerry on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk, can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother, Jonah. And we are so excited to have you hear the latest season of our nostalgia-themed podcast, How Did We Get Weird? Not only do you get to know me and my brother, you get to know the stories that made us the absolutely rad people we are today. Check out our episodes where we've welcomed hilarious guests like our friend Andy Samberg. That's it. That's really it. And Queen Casey Wilson. I really went cart before the horse. I said, I think I have an opportunity to interview Leonard DiCaprio (laughs) as a high school student. And you do not want to miss out on our funny segments like (laughs) Change.Dork. Change.Dork. And congratulations. You played yourself. Congratulations, you played yourself. Listen to our podcast, How Did We Get Weird, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, professional homegirls. It's your girl, Ebony, here, and welcome back to the Professional Homegirl Podcast. As always, I am super excited about this week's conversation as my guest shares her incredible near-death experience, taking us from the brink of mortality to profound insights that challenge your beliefs. In part one, we dive into the moments leading up to her encounter with the unknown, exploring questions about free will, and her thoughts on if she wants to come back or not. Brace yourselves for a thought-provoking journey I had a near-death experience. Part one starts now. 
to my guests, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Of course. So how are you? How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. You know, um, the uh, the weather outside is frightful, but inside it's delightful. <laughs> so it's just kind of, um, you know, a uh, regular day here in Illinois. I was about to ask you, where are you? It's a, store, a snowstorm that's coming that way, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my best friend lives in Chicago, and she was telling me how she needs to run some errands before she gets stuck outside. I'm like, yeah, girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, once that hawk comes out of Chicago, that's it. <laughs> how How is it by your end? You know, today was actually a really nice day. It was uh-huh. just so nice. Like the sky was like a, like a pretty vibrant blue with hints of pink and stuff. And oh. the sun was shining. Okay. It was like 40 something degrees, but it was really nice. Oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> I was so I'm like, come on, God. Like, because I can't take this cold weather now. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, guys, I am so excited to have my guest on the show Um, I have conveyed this to her, but I have been looking for someone to speak on this topic for since forever. I think it's been like a year, year and a half. And I came across, I don't know, I forgot how I found you, but I think I found you on YouTube or I don't know how I found you, but I was pretty much going down a rabbit hole and I found her. So I'm I'm really excited about this conversation and I really feel like this conversation is going to definitely help a lot of us out. So I really appreciate you coming on the show today. Well, thank you for having me. I really um, uh, am happy to um, especially be on your podcast um, as a woman of color. Yes. (laughs) Now, since she segued into it, y'all, you know, I told her that it is so difficult finding Black people to share their experience with near-death experiences. So why does it seem like near-death experiences only happen to white people? (laughs) God only loves them, right? That's right. <laughs> they the chosen ones, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's hilarious. But I've had this conversation with several other people. And there's one of my podcasts that's a popular podcast. Mm-hmm. And I'll share this. I mean, it, it's not something that was uh, was known. And I hope that Jeff doesn't get upset that I, that I uh, shared this. Mm -hmm. And initially somebody told me to be on the podcast. That's the white guy, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I watched that one. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't really know anything about him beforehand. I really didn't even know about the podcasting world. So when um, the person referred me and reached out and I reached back um, out to him he said, yeah, why don't you uh, come on the show? And I said, well, I wasn't sure if I should approach you because everybody that I've seen in your interviews is white. Yeah. So I didn't know if you were interviewing any black people. <laughs> but that's something that stands out because when you go on people mm-hmm. or when you just look at people content or the conversations right. that they have and it's all the same type of person, it just yeah. makes you wonder. I mean, but look at me. I, I mean, everybody I interview is black, so... <laughs> but the only reason why i do that is because there isn't a lot of platforms that allow women of color especially black women to be able to speak freely and just be able to you know get their story across and you don't really hear stories like this from women that look like us so that's why i wanted to create this platform so i don't want people to think i'm a racist (laughs) (laughs) well you know it's um that's understandable as we need to kind of beef up our representation yeah but when i said that to him he said, oh, no, yeah, we interview people of all races and things like that. It's just 
there weren't that many that were coming forward as well. And after that podcast, which he has a large following, Mm -hmm. a woman of color who has a podcast reached out to me who had a very small following. And I don't look at the numbers. I go by how I feel about the um, the host. Mm-hmm. So I felt really good energy from you. That's why I decided I to do it. Say, tell them about my energy. But with, <laughs> <laughs> but with her, you know, she thought that I wasn't going to do it. And I was like, look, you've got great energy, but also you're a woman of color. I need to come on your show yeah. to support you. Yeah. And so, um, and we've become friends now. And we talked about the fact that there's not very much representation mm-hmm. in the spirit in the spiritual world mm-hmm. in this particular topic. Um, that's something that's not the standard, meaning either you know fundamental or Baptist or you know mega church mm-hmm. oriented, something that's outside of that. You don't really have a lot of representation of women of color or people of color. Yeah. And we talked about the fact that it could be because many are raised in a very traditional uh, uh, religious mm-hmm. community. And so they feel a little bit of shame about talking about things like this. Right. People have been called, you know, s- said that they, you know, encountered the devil or mm-hmm. that their experience was not holy or whatever, just because it's different than the traditional and fundamental experience. I used to be a part of a fundamental church. Mm -hmm. And for a while, I didn't talk about my experience because it was so different. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, so um, out of the box. Mm -hmm. And the more I talked about it, the more I started seeing that it was actually, even though we all have unique near-death experiences and everyone has a different experience, it was actually within the box of near-death experiences. So I hope that a lot more people who are um, of color explore even some of the not-so-traditional things that they experience spiritually. Yeah, and you know what you you make two good points. One good one point is is definitely important. Representation matters in all rooms. So, um, really quickly, I did a a series in October because I love Halloween and I love like scary stuff. And I did a mm-hmm. series called Spooky Series, and pretty much I highlight women, obviously black women, in different um, fields, uh, the, either the spirituality or the supernatural. So I I interviewed somebody who was a vampire. I interviewed a ghost hunter. Uh, a paranormal investigator, just to show people that they belong everywhere, especially black women. <laughs> and then also mm-hmm. to your point with your friend, you know, we have to stop telling ourselves short because as long as you are nice and you are being genuine, that will take you way farther than anything else could have. So exactly. I think, yeah, so I think we have to like just go out on a limb of faith and just shoot your shot. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And the, and you said the you said exactly what it is. You have to go out on a limb of faith. Yeah. For me, I didn't talk about my experience publicly for, I think it was seven years. Oh, wow. I, I only recently started speaking about it. Mm. And one of the spiritual lessons that I learned was about bravery. Yeah. Not being afraid of what people think. Mm-hmm. Not being afraid 
of what people, um, how people view you, mm-hmm. because especially as, uh, um, as women of color, we go out there on the defense to be judged. We're ready to be judged. Yeah. We go out there and we're just like, that's our expectation. Mm-hmm. But if we go out, you know, if we do things from a, a place of bravery and not really care about that, yeah, that nourishes our spirituality, that nourishes the um, blessings that come to us. So I said, <clears throat> okay, God, you've been nagging me to share my story for seven years. Mm. I'm going to do it. I'm finally going to do it. Mm-hmm. And I did so. And in that act, in, in bravery, um, it it activates the frequency of love mm. because the bravery and love go hand in hand because you have to be brave to love. Yeah. Okay. And once I did that, just I got so much positive response and so much positive uh, feedback, and it in turn blessed me mm. and it nourished me and encouraged me to continue to share. And isn't seven, doesn't seven mean like complete or like the yes. year of completion? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It does. And, you know, I had a, that was one of my questions because I felt like, I don't know which interview I was watching, but you kind of touched on it just a little bit on how challenging it was for you to share your story because of your religious background. Yes. So I, you know, was a part of, well, when I first started out in my spiritual journey, mm-hmm. And I have, you know, there's an um, an atheist that I'm close to in my family. Mm-hmm. There's a um, the, the a, a lot of um, people who are religious in my family, um, and then there are people who are just in the in between, not necessarily agnostic, but not necessarily not religious, right. basically. So when I started my spiritual journey, I read the um, parts of the Quran. I read um, uh, the, um, about Buddhism. Mm -hmm. And I also read the Bible Mm -hmm. and decided I resonated most with Jesus Christ, with Mm -hmm. his, um, his path. And so I became a Christian, but I had some ideas that didn't fall into traditional Christianity. Right. That being said, I ended up you know, joining a church that was pretty fundamental. It was a mega church. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you get into those modes, when you're in a church community, you just kind of get into the fold. So mm-hmm. I didn't really think too much about the debatable things. Right. Um, and uh, as, as a part of my spiritual understanding and uh, religiosity, basically. Mm. So after my NDE, and in my NDE, I had some things confirmed for me, questions that I'd had mm-hmm. in regards to those debatable things. Mm. And it solidified my um, my spiritual understanding about a lot of things. Right. And for me, my NDE is the authority because I went to a place where I was <clears throat> able to meet with the divine. Mm. I, I saw Jesus. I met with a divine and I could be in front of a fundamental church that tells me this, that, and the other. I'm not going to believe that over what I experienced on the other side. Right. Because that that's the authority. 
So um, that was kind of my spiritual path, but it was still hard to talk about some of the exceptional things that I experienced Mm -hmm. because they didn't fit the mold of the religious, you know, traditional thing. So, and I had family that were very religious and traditional. Right. So as some of them, you know, heard the story and they were like, well, you know, that's interesting. Right, (laughs) right. They're like, what is she talking about? <laughs> did you know anyone else that experienced NDE before you did? No. No. Did you know what it was? Know. Not really. I mean, wow. like technically somebody says a near-death experience. It's not something that was in my world or realm. So I right. didn't really know much about it. I didn't really, I knew it happened to people, but I had zero connection to it. Zero The times that I did hear about it, people said, oh, I went to a place where there were clouds and and, uh, people were in white robes or Mm -hmm. angels, things like that. But even that, I hardly ever heard that. And it was just not in my, in the, you know, not in my realm of um, possibilities, understanding, whatever. No connection as far as a topic, never read about it, nothing. Are you all about the NBA action? You've got to try Pick 6, the newest fantasy app from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Right now, new customers can earn a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 in Pick 6 credits when you deposit $5 or more. Getting started is simple. Just download the DraftKings Pick 6 app and sign up with code TBE. Pick at least two players and choose if they'll have more or less of a stat. Like, will they score more or less than 30 points or have more or less than eight assists? Lock them in and compete against others for a shot at huge cash prizes. Download the DraftKings Pick 6 app now and get started with code TBE. New customers can earn a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 in Pick 6 credits when you deposit $5 or more. Only on DraftKings Pick 6 with code TBE. The crown is yours. One offer per new customer. Minimum $5 deposit to receive a match of up to $100 in Pick 6 credits. Non-withdrawable and valid for Pick 6 use only. Expire after 180 days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. I don't understand what the big fat ones are. You don't put those inside of you, do you? I mean, you do? This is a show about women. Okay, so I just reapply my lip gloss after eating a delicious lunch. We are headed back now to European political systems class at Baruch College. Woo! Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. That's it. That's actually the name of the show. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. It's like reality TV on the radio. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. (laughs) Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Hi, I'm John O'Brien, host of Money and Wealth on the Black Effect Podcast Network. I'm an entrepreneur and a businessman. Some would call a thought leader. Now, every Thursday, my newest venture is educating you on how to win financially. Even better, I'm going to teach it in a way that, well, you can understand. No unexplained theories, no mundane lessons, no using 20 words when two will do. I'm going to meet you where you are and take you where you need to be. I'm giving you straight talk, relatable stories, and life lessons through my own experiences and the lens of others. We're not just talking about why financial freedom is important. We're focusing on how you can achieve it too. We all might have different starting points and end goals, but as long as we have the desire to acquire financial freedom, it can be done from the streets to the suites. Listen to Money and Wealth with John Hope Bryant every Thursday on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up? This your boy, Jerry Clark, and I am the host of Storytime with Legendary Jerry Podcast. For the last 30 years, I have worked with some of your favorite artists, like Outkast, Killer Mike, Jeezy, Akon, Jermaine Dupree, and so many, many more. Storytime with Legendary Jerry is an ode to the South. Southern rap has had the game on lock for years, and now I'm telling you legendary stories of how we did it. Like Pastor Troy doing the ad-libs for one of Justin Timberlake's biggest hits. Whenever you listen to Cry Me a River, man, I'm all through them ad-libs on that song. It's that one line, one Cry Me a River, ah. Y'all hear this, man? listen to it, man. And what if I told you Jazzy Faye and CeeLo have an unreleased album just sitting in the vault waiting? Now, you and CeeLo had a group for a minute, man. Yeah, yeah we had a whole album in the can. We got a, We have a whole album. Now I have partnered with iHeart Podcast to bring you one of the hottest podcasts in the game, telling you some of the most unheard stories in the music industry. Listen to Storytime with Legendary Jerry on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, it's Angela Yee, host of Angela Yee's Lip Service. If you listen to my podcast, you know I love making space for women to be themselves. That's why I'm excited to be part of Women Take the Mic, iHeartRadio's celebration of the women who make music, influence change, and create culture. All month long, your favorite voices from talk radio, music, and podcasting will highlight the remarkable achievements made by women and discuss the most significant issues facing us today. Search Women Take the Mic to listen to a collection of International Women's Day episodes from iHeart's top podcasts, including Dear Chelsea, The Psychology of Your 20s, and Lip Service. It's a great way to support women and discover your new favorite show. Head to iHeartRadio.com slash Women's Day for more and listen to Women Take the Mic on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So how does it feel to connect with other people who have experienced NDEs? Like, how does that make you feel? And how, can you tell us somebody lying about it? Yes. Um, mm. One of the things, and this is also another topic that came up. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons why I, I um, sent you the um, information, mm-hmm. but why and um, Near Death Institute was founded. Mm-hmm. So basically, when you have an NDE, you um, I can't say everybody because I don't know everybody, but I know many people have spoken about this. I thought it was just me, right. but I guess it's a thing in the NDE community. You come back with a thing that's called the knowing. Basically, you can know 
you know when something is true or you know what something is versus isn't. Mm. You get this like it's kind of like discernment. Yes, it's like discernment. Your discernment level is like goes up several notches. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very heightened. Some people come back with intuitive abilities they didn't have before. Um, I had some intuitive abilities because I um, it runs in my family, but it's been heightened since I've been back mm-hmm. um, exponentially. So you come back with that, and you so you can tell, and you get, and it's not just a like listening, meaning like oh I could listen and tell if you're lying type of thing, right? You get like this this feeling in your body, mm-hmm. in your soul, in the, where you can tell, you know, if somebody's telling the truth about right. their, um, about NDEs or not. And I've come across people that weren't. And what'd you do? And it, uh, yeah. It, it discouraged me, honestly. Wow. I, yeah. Because I started feeling like, um, you know, well, here I am, sh- I'm sharing my story. And yes. then I started coming across, uh, um, people who were sharing that I could tell they were lying and it discouraged me for a little while from talking about mine because I was like, I don't want to be mixed up with these people. Yeah, you would different and type I, of person to be lying about something like that. <laughs> right. Exactly. But there are people who do, you know, yeah. I don't know if it's maybe, maybe it's mental illness. Maybe it's just desperation. That's Some scary. people are, are making money, you know, yeah. or whatever. So, um, it's, you know, it did discourage me for a little while. And I, so I had to meditate about it a lot of, and say, okay, God, what do I do about this? Because I don't want to be mixed up with these people, things like that. I'm not sure I want to do all these podcasts and, you know, what have you. So, um, after I, and then also there, it's, it's kind of like, um, with the hosts. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not you. Okay. Um, other, other hosts, sometimes they're just like, oh yeah, give us the content. Okay. Moving right along next right. person. And there's no, like we're people who've yeah. actually experienced a traumatic experience. Right. There may have been something beautiful that happened, but there was also real trauma there. There's also real feelings. We're not just content providers. Yeah. I mean, you're and a so, person. You could have transitioned. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. So um, so there was kind of like on both sides, you had, you know, people who were giving them the content and getting the glory from it. And then the ones that are like, oh, give me the hosts that are like, give me the content. Right. You know, we want, we want it. And I didn't want to be any part of that. No, I, I so, know. <laughs> but you know what you make a good point and the reason why I agree with you is because you know a lot of people do like content a lot of people like clicks they Mm -hmm. want to sell a story they Mm -hmm. want their show to do good and just Mm -hmm. someone who has been you know sharing having conversations with people who have experienced a lot of trauma you know my Mm -hmm. thing is always to be to help someone or just to Mm -hmm. you know to shape it in a way where this can provide hope for somebody because you know life is hard so right. when we had our conversation, y'all, she definitely vetted me and like she was like, I need to get back <laughs> on it. Which and I totally agree because I feel like sometimes mm-hmm. people can just people are very insensitive and you know, sometimes these conversations can be triggering for some. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what do you yeah. think what do you think 
people with shows can do or like, I mean, I don't want to say content creators, but like, what do you think people can do better when it comes to fostering a, a more safe space for their guests? See, I was right about you. That's Come a on great. Now. Come on. <laughs> that is, you are the first person who has asked that question. Oh, thank you. And I appreciate your empathy so much. Yeah, but it's true though, because I can see how it really <laughs> bothers you. Yeah. So there, one person reached out to me. Mm-hmm. Her name is Amira May. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she reached out for a project and, you know, um, as well for around NDEers. And <clears throat> I, I felt good energy from her. So I said, okay, I'll, I'll talk to her. Mm-hmm. And we talked and I said, you know what, this is all well and good. But NDEers, we need support. We need a supportive community, you know, instead of to just provide content for people and keep talking about our stories. Right. So long story short, the Near-Death Institute was created out of that conversation. Mm-hmm. And if anybody wants to go, it's near-deathinstitute.com. Mm-hmm. And it's a supportive community. All of the NDIers, are, our NDEers are vetted um, to, to see if they've really had an NDE. Some people have an OBE, What's which OBE? is an out... That's an out-of-body experience. Mm. And some people just have a transformative experience. So NDI wants to convey that all experiences are valid and legitimate and help to take away the feelings, uh, you know, from people that they need to lie to have their, you know, their story or their uh, journey Mm -hmm. make sense or be valid. People mm-hmm. can have an OBE or even just a transformative experience and still, you know, uh, have some amazing, you know, things come out of their journey and their life, mm-hmm. many transitions that come from it. For example, there I've met quite a few people who haven't had an NDE that just in watching other NDEs, their entire lives have changed. Mm. I've gotten emails from people who um, were suicidal and they say that they watch the NDEs to give them hope and ask questions. And I've been able to encourage them Mm. and they, they know that there is a God, there is an afterlife, there is a spiritual realm and, you know, you're going to, there is reincarnation. So if you try to take your life, you're nine times out of 10, you're going to end up back here anyway. Mm. So I've been able to have some great conversations with people around the topics of God and is there a God and things like that. To answer your question in Mm -hmm. short, it's just how you can help is getting involved with organizations like that, Mm -hmm. even if it's just, you know, uh, being on the newsletter so that you can hear the story so that you could see the people are real, see the people have like real issues and uh, things like that. Right. Um, so you, you made me think about something cause I did have an out of body experience, but mm-hmm. you know, I'm very respectful to certain guests. I'm going to be respectful to you and not share that story, but <laughs> no, I would, I would love to hear it. <laughs> so I had an out-of-body experience for one of my birthdays like a long time ago because I mm-hmm. ate too many edibles. 
and how I know how I knew it was an out of body experience because I was I was tweaking really bad, and I I was I was sitting on the the bed or a chair or something, and I was watching myself tweak, and then I when I realized I was watching myself, I think I freaked out even more, and then. <laughs> And I know this sounds crazy, but I like I remember everything so vividly. Like, so yeah, I definitely had an out of body experience for sure. You're not the only person. I've heard one other person has told me the same thing happened mm-hmm. where they actually saw themselves, you know, across from themselves, mm-hmm. and the same thing happened. Yeah. So people don't understand that the spiritual realm is real. Yeah. A lot of the stuff is real and they don't understand the depth of our consciousness Mm. and that our consciousness can leave our bodies. And for example, in my NDE, I traveled, one of the, the places I went was I traveled through space. And because when you're in, um, the spiritual realm, you don't think to yourself about what makes sense and what doesn't make sense. Right. Your mind automatically expands to the environment. Mm-hmm. So I'm traveling through space. I've seen nebula. I'm not thinking to myself, this is really what's going on here. Right. Why am I in space? And where's my oxygen? <laughs> right. Like, what is going any, on? Right. Right. I'm not thinking any logical thoughts. I'm thinking how beautiful it is. Mm-hmm. I look down. And I don't see a body, but I realize, I mean, I'm totally conscious of who I am and I realize I'm an orb. So Mm. now I look at orbs differently. You know, when people like you said that you had people on that were ghost hunters or Mm -hmm. whatever, when you see an orb, that's an actual conscious living or not living, but a conscious person in that orb. And Mm. I always wondered how you know how that feels or how like how are they in this circle right this fear, you know and so basically I learned that your consciousness is your you know part of your spiritual body mm-hmm. and it can fit anywhere and it can travel anywhere mm. man this is gonna be a great conversation my mind is like <laughs> going <laughs> <laughs> but you made a good point about how you're how you didn't try to be logical. And I feel like from watching your past interviews, I feel like you are a very logical person. Mm-hmm. So with that being sometimes a little too much, like too analytical. <laughs> right. I feel like with you, you're you you're definitely black and white. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, with everything that has happened, before we get into your story, was it hard for you to accept everything that you have witnessed? It wasn't, that's a really great question. It wasn't hard for me to accept it Mm -hmm. because I knew it happened. It was hard for me to communicate it. Mm. And and at first it took a while for me to understand what each thing meant in it. So there were certain things that I was told and I was, that I saw, whatever. It took a little while for me to analyze that and break it down. Mm -hmm. But I knew that it was very real. Mm. I experienced, you know, when I came, um, you know, came out of it. I had um, rapid healing. My um, tracheotomy healed in one day. Oh wow! Yeah, <clears throat> and I and I said this before, but my doctor was visibly shaken. He he came in, you know, he was when I was uh, coming to. 
and kind of made sure that I was still able to to talk and function or whatever. I wasn't able to talk, right. but I was alert. And then when he when he came the next day, um, after they'd taken out my tracheotomy, it was healed over. And he took like, he jumped back a little bit after he looked at it mm-hmm. and just gave me this deadpan stare. <laughs> you know, what did they... <laughs> and I was like, you know, <laughs> right. And it, and I tell, I also tell um, people this, but I was really into drinking bone broth and I was just kind of like clueless. Mm-hmm. I said, Oh, I've been drinking bone broth. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, like, what? Bone broth is not that good. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what does that taste like? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, so before I ask you this question, I will like to say, um, thank God that you had some really good doctors because I know I'm yeah. going to ask you about your journey on how you um, got into the hospital with the coma. But I, I was just thinking when I listened to your interview, I'm like, oh my God, like if you didn't have doctors who was really trying to figure out and truly, really trying to save you, this could have mm-hmm. went completely left. Like, do you think about that? Well, that's a touchy subject because I got into my situation because of a mistake that was made. So. Yes, that is. And you got an infection. I First, I got an infection. I was being treated. It was getting better. And then there was a mistake that was made with my medication. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so that's a touchy subject. Okay. And <laughs> I don't want to go too deep into it unless you're comfortable with it, but I'm assuming you had a, a reaction to it, which caused you to go to the mm-hmm. hospital and get into a coma. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. I hope you got some coins from that because that is scary. <laughs> no, I'm serious. And you you have a child. Like, that's really scary. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, my daughter was 11 years old. I said she was 10 going on 11. Wow. And it was very traumatizing. But <clears throat> when I, that, when I, when I, after my coma and after getting out of the hospital, that's one of the things that angered me is how women of color especially yeah. are treated in medical institutions yeah. and there's got to be something done about that because it's not right. Yeah. And, and how do you make a mistake like that? Yeah. Well, the people, you know, in hospital and healthcare facilities, they make mistakes all the time. That's and crazy. yeah. And what I found in, especially if anybody, you know, for, if anybody ever goes to the hospital or, you know, even the doctor, but definitely the hospital, if you're admitted, make sure you have somebody with you. Yeah. If you don't have somebody with you, if you don't have anyone that can go, make sure you're documenting, even filming yeah. what's going on. If, if you're a woman of color, especially. Yeah, no, that's, that's so true. Mm-hmm. I mean, even Beyonce and Serena have issues when they was having given birth. Like, racism. Really? Does- yeah, when they was giving birth, Beyonce and Serena Williams was saying how how they were treated and nobody, and I'm paraphrasing, but nobody pretty much believed that they were in pain. And I'm just like, wow, like wow. these are people who have access to resources and like, you know, the right. best of the best. So if it can happen to them, I know it can happen to me. Wow, that's insane. Yeah, so we have to advocate for ourselves and like just... Even if you don't know, ask questions or just put your phone on record. Like you have to really yeah. like put fear in people because people will try it. Yeah, definitely. And you know, um, the I'm grateful to the doctors that did try to help. It's at one point though they they gave up um, and they said that 
there's nothing else that they could do for me. Mm. Um, that was not necessarily their fault. They were looking at the the situation and requested to take me off of life support. Wow. And um, but it's initially the 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 I was transferred from one hospital hospital to another. So it's the first hospital. Those were the doctors that made the mistake, mm. not the um, not the second one. Right. Um, yeah. But that being said, um, it inspired me to become do more medical advocacy. Mm. And it also inspired me to um, go into um, to, to help people in that manner. Yeah, because um, it's important for um, especially women of color to be mm-hmm. supported. Yeah. Now, did you know, looking back, did you know that you were going into a coma? No. Or did everything mm-hmm. just happen so happen fast? Everything happened so fast. Mm. Yeah. Um. I saw the the faces of some of the nurses that looked confused, looked worried, were like fumbling around and things like that. And then that's all I remember of them, of any hospital staff. And I know that you were in a coma for over two and a half months. So, But how long did mm-hmm. it feel to you? Did it feel like a long time? No, actually, it felt like like a blink of an eye. I feel like you was having fun in your, um, your indie. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, I'm not trying to come back. (laughs) What happened was (laughs) is when I woke up, Mm -hmm. um, and there was a time where I didn't want to come back. I, I shouldn't say I didn't want to, but you know, I would not have come back necessarily. But when I did wake up, it was, let's see, I went, uh, I went into a coma in, I think, August, mm-hmm. late August or September. And I, um, yeah, late August. And I woke up in, at the end of October. Mm-hmm. Okay. And when I um, woke up, um, you know how they put the, um, the names or the, the numbers and the, um, the date on the whiteboard, mm-hmm. it said October 28th and my daughter was there family. I was like, stop playing tricks on me. Wow. Somebody changed the date. And they said, no, that's the actual date. And I was like, come on, stop it. And they said, no, it's the date. And that, well, finally I accepted it. And then when I accepted that, that was the date, I just started crying. And they took, they said, you've been in a coma, this and that and the other. It literally did not feel like any time had passed at all. Mm. Like, I, like a blink. Wow. I don't understand what the big fat ones are. You don't put those inside of you, do you? I mean, you do? Yeah. This is a show about women. Okay, so I just reapply my lip gloss after eating a delicious lunch. We are headed back now to European political systems class at Baruch College. Woo! Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. That's it. That's actually the name of the show. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. It's like reality TV on the radio. 
I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. And looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. <laughs> Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm John O'Brien, host of Money and Wealth on the Black Effect Podcast Network. I'm an entrepreneur and a businessman. Some would call a thought leader. Now, every Thursday, my newest venture is educating you on how to win financially. Even better, I'm going to teach it in a way that, well, you can understand. No unexplained theories, no mundane lessons, no using 20 words when two will do. I'm going to meet you where you are and take you where you need to be. I'm giving you straight talk, relatable stories, and life lessons through my own experiences and the lens of others. We're not just talking about why financial freedom is important. We're focusing on how you can achieve it too. We all might have different starting points and end goals, but as long as we have the desire to acquire financial freedom, it can be done from the streets to the suites. Listen to Money and Wealth with John Hope Bryant every Thursday on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up? This your boy, Jerry Clark, and I am the host of Storytime with Legendary Jerry Podcast. For the last 30 years, I have worked with some of your favorite artists, like Outkast, Killer Mike, Jeezy, Akon, Jermaine Dupree, and so many, many more. Storytime with Legendary Jerry is an ode to the South. Southern rap has had the game on lock for years, and now I'm telling you legendary stories of how we did it. Like Pastor Troy doing the ad-libs for one of Justin Timberlake's biggest hits. Whenever you listen to Cry Me a River, man, I'm all through them ad-libs on that song. It's that one, one, Cry Me a River, ah. Y'all hear this, man? to it, man. And what if I told you Jazzy Faye and CeeLo have an unreleased album just sitting in the vault waiting? Now, you and CeeLo had a group for a minute, man. Yeah, we got a whole album in the can. We got a, we have a whole album. Now I have partnered with iHeart Podcast to bring you one of the hottest podcasts in the game, telling you some of the most unheard stories in the music industry. Listen to Storytime with Legendary Jerry on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, it's Angela Yee, host of Angela Yee's Lip Service. If you listen to my podcast, you know I love making space for women to be themselves. That's why I'm excited to be part of Women Take the Mic, iHeartRadio's celebration of the women who make music, influence change, and create culture. All month long, your favorite voices from talk radio, music, and podcasting will highlight the remarkable achievements made by women and discuss the most significant issues facing us today. Search Women Take the Mic to listen to a collection of International Women's Day episodes from iHeart's top podcasts, including Dear Chelsea, The Psychology of Your 20s, and Lip Service. It's a great way to support women and discover your new favorite show. Head to iHeartRadio.com slash Women's Day for more and listen to Women Take the Mic on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Shannon Doherty, host of the new podcast, Let's Be Clear with Shannon Doherty. You may know me from, let's see, 90210, Charmed, Mallrats, Heathers. You probably also know me from my stage four cancer diagnosis and sharing that journey with so many of you. There's something so authentic about a podcast. It's me connecting, me talking raw in the moment. That's what my goal is to give you 
to talk about why I feel that cancer to a certain extent is a gift, what my responsibilities are as a person with cancer, because I think that there's something so much bigger than me. And to be honest, I'm still trying to find out what that is. And maybe together we'll find it. It's going to be a wild ride. So I hope that you all tune in. Listen to Let's Be Clear with Shannon Doherty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. So I know you said that you thought about not coming back. So do we get the choice to come back? Because I remember when you said something about... Sometimes. Sometimes. Because you said something earlier about if someone was to commit suicide, nine times out of ten, you're going to come back here until you get it right, Mm -hmm. I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that really resonates with me. And I don't know if I shared this story before, but I'm really... Like, I have my whole spiritual team. So my Akashic Mm -hmm. records uh, records reader, she went to my Akashics and she pretty much told me that in one of my past life... um, it was so much stuff that was going on, but she ended up committing suicide. Wow. Yeah. And it's so crazy because when I was a kid, up until probably my mid-20s, I used to have a really crazy fear of bridges. Like, I would feel so uncomfortable oh, wow. with bridges. And this time I knew she was real because I never told nobody this. Probably like one or two people knew this. And I was like, well, how mm-hmm. did she commit suicide? Like, I want to know. And she was like, she was driving down a, a bridge and she... I guess she, I guess she wanted to do it until she realized she was actually doing it, and she changed her mind, and she drove off a bridge. And I'm like, wow. Uh, um, and you know, that's so interesting that you bring that up because um, not a lot of people know that some of our fears in this reality in this life, yeah, are from past life, are from past life issues that happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so why do you you say sometimes we get the choice? What determines yeah. that choice? I'm not sure what determines it, but what I was uh, instructed on is that you, sometimes we make good decisions for ourselves and sometimes we don't. Right. Meaning that sometimes a decision is made for us that, because if we got, if we go to a place where everything's warm and fuzzy and we feel good, we might forget about our responsibilities and forget how the impact of us not being around might affect the people who, you know, we're with, um, right. who are in our lives. I was, um, I was apathetic, meaning that I didn't really care either way at some point, even though I did fight to stay alive. Um, there were times where I was just kind of like, you know what, whatever, Right. as far as whether or not I was going to come back or not. And I was told that I was, it wasn't my time and that I was coming back. And I believe that was because of my daughter. I'm about to ask you that about your daughter. How did that make you feel like, or how do you think that makes her feel when she hears this part of it? She understands she's, she's pretty spiritual. And in fact, my daughter was the only person who believed that I was going to make it. Mm. Even when, even when all my organs had failed, even when, and they were talking about dialysis for me, even when they were talking about a lung transplant because my CO2 level was over 200 and the max it's supposed to be is 35. That is insane. Exactly. And that, and I, um, when you have so much CO2 in your system, Mm -hmm. it starts killing off your brain cells. You get brain damage to the point and severe brain damage to the point where you can't talk, you can't walk, things like that. When you, you know, um, if you recover somewhat. 
um, I had complete sepsis, complete sepsis. Mm. And if when you're in the stage of um, when you're in a dying state, all of your cells, just like in regular life, just as we're sitting here today, we have cells that are building every day and we have cells that are dying every day. But Mm -hmm. when you're in a dying state, you're becoming necrotic every single day. Your body's dying more and more. Mm -hmm. She was seeing this uh, priest from the hospital gave me my last rites, which I don't remember, but I was told that the priest gave my last rites. And she happened to be an African-American woman mm. that gave my last rites. Always saving a day, child. <laughs> and she th- she sat with my daughter mm. and my daughter was telling her, because my daughter has an angel guide that told her, your mother's going to get out of the hospital two weeks before Christmas. Okay. Mm. Or is that she's going to get out of the hospital before Christmas? She didn't say two weeks, but before Christmas. My daughter's angel guide told her this back in August when I first went into the wow. So my daughter kept on telling everybody, my mother's going to make it. My mother's going to make it. And they were just kind of like, oh, we need to prepare you. And they brought the the priest was trying to counsel her to just be prepared Mm. because it wasn't nobody can come back from this. The doctor said I had less than one percent chance of survival. And if I did survive, I would be in a vegetated state more than likely, like not able to do anything for myself. Wow. So when basically when they um, when they saw that I lived again, my daughter was the only one who knew that that would happen. Listen, because she was told. <laughs> listen, I know you're a good woman because because God would be sick of me. I'm like, yo, I'm literally one of God's people. <laughs> like, I would be talking so much smack. Like, what? <laughs> like you, I would be stunning on people because it's it's no way. Like, you really, it's like you wasn't supposed to make it. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow. Right. It was like wasn't supposed to, and then. A shift. And then you got you this know, 10-year-old that's telling everybody you're mm-hmm. going to make it, which is like so mm-hmm. it's insane. Yeah. Yeah. And spiritually, she kept on getting, um, she kept on seeing different things that would show up. Like, for example, um, a butterfly would show up mm. like on the windowsill or a praying mantis or something like that would show up. Things like that would just like show up and all of those, those particular insects and creatures mean things spiritually. And the way she thinks because she's spiritual is like, let me look up and see what that means. Right. She was thinking that way at 10, 11 years old. Mm. And she would look it up and it would say messages like, um, a beautiful transformation is going to happen or, you know, life is going to prevail or something like yeah. that, you know? Do you mm-hmm. feel like, I feel like I could talk to you forever. Like we, we're going to definitely be friends because, <laughs> <laughs> because do you feel like, and I feel like this, I feel like, you know, I had a very tumultuous upbringing, but something mm-hmm. in my spirit always told me that I was going to be okay. Like I always believed mm-hmm. that. And like, mm-hmm. you know, now me and God has finally gone on the right page. We're on the same page. Like, I feel like me and him, we like. You see, stopped duking it out. Yeah. Like, you know, I ain't want to swing at him. But like, I. but my love for God is like so deep. And like, I'm just so thankful that he always been with me. And mm-hmm. so what I'm asking is, because I feel like God has always like, he, he always shows you signs. Like, is everything a sign? Yes. 
Not necessarily everything, but many things are. Right. We're in a world that's designed to take our attention away from what's really important. Mm. One, uh, But there are lots of signs that are around us all the time. If we stop and we listen and we look, some people see angel numbers. I Me see too. angel numbers. I have a feeling you do too. Yeah, my angel <laughs> numbers is um 1111. All the time, never yes. fails, especially mm-hmm. when I need some clarity on something. Mm-hmm. I'm like, God, yeah. or I ask my my Nana or my grandma Rose or just anyone who's in that in the spiritual room just to, that's protecting me. Like, hey, just give me a sign and 11 yeah. 11 every time. Yeah. And quantum mechanics. Mm-hmm. The universe speaks in numbers and music. Music is numbers. Yeah. And, um, you know, those numbers are forms of communication from, you know, the spiritual realm, our guides basically saying, because they know it's tough. They know this, it's hard, you I know, the, yeah, the earth plane is a boot camp Yeah, and it's hard. And, um, I, my daughter and I joke about this all the time because we both believe that in um, a previous life, she was, um, a warrior of mm. some kind. And so we joke about the fact that the only thing that lured us back into coming to earth was how good the food is. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and we were like, you know, well, you know, I could handle earth. I could come back here if I want, if we wanted to. And then we get here and it's tough. Yeah. We're crying like babies. No, it's you know? hard here. Man, last <laughs> night I just had a conversation with an um, ordained minister who is mm-hmm. now like a spiritual mother. And uh, pretty much everything that you're saying, she has said the exact same thing. Really? Yeah. Wow. So do you feel like we are in the, in the matrix? Definitely. But the matrix, um, what people don't understand, or maybe some do, um, because I don't know everybody, but um, the matrix is our own making. Mm-hmm. We, so I hear a lot of people, and that's one of the things that I had learned on the other side, a lot of people talk about the simulation. Oh my gosh, we're in a simulation. Nothing's real. Right. What have you. But, and because they're thinking of it like a computer simulation, the, but without taking, taking the computer aspect out of it, mm-hmm. the spiritual realm simulates, it does the action of simulation, mm-hmm. but it's because everything is like quantum mechanics, meaning that You've, you have the spiritual realm and um, beings in the spiritual realm, the beings being angels, you know, um, whatever. And it's, it simulates by telling us, giving us the thought, hey, why don't you go bless that person over there with who's hungry or whatever? Mm-hmm. That's a simulation. Mm. And people don't realize all of those little things our simulations. And so life is very real and we are simulating it, but we're not living in like a computer simulation where nothing is real. Right, right. People have gotten that wrong. So, because my, my mind is running now, it's going around in circles. <laughs> so if, let's say, if angels are telling me to go feed a homeless person and I'm like, hey, mm-hmm. let me go give, help this homeless person out and give him a nice meal. Does that go against my free will? That's a really good question. Listen, but I'm no, getting my offer on, okay? <laughs> it doesn't go against your free will okay. because you can always say no. <laughs> you can yeah. you can do, 
people don't listen to their guides all that the time. That is true. That is true. Because you still have the yeah. choice if you want to go, if you want to do it or not. Yeah, exactly. There's some things that are predetermined, but there are other things that are free will. There's forever since philosophy became a thing. Mm-hmm. There's been arguments between free will versus determinism. And um, for, for, for the ages, going all the way back to Socrates. But there's some free will and there's some determinism, meaning there's some things that are determined. You, um, in your previous life, you came back here and you accepted the challenge. You decided, yes, I'm going to come back here because my soul needs to elevate um, through this journey. And you decided to come back here. But some of the things that have popped up, you didn't necessarily decide. Mm -hmm. But you have a choice as to whether or not you accept every challenge and every opportunity that comes your way. Mm -hmm. And you have to, and people, people experience, um, change and transformation in their soul journey mm-hmm. if they look at every opportunity that they either take or don't take as how it's going to benefit this their soul right not how is it going to benefit their day how is it going to benefit their month or their family or their life right. but in the big scheme of things how is it going to benefit your soul this marks the end of part one for this week's episode And be sure to catch part two dropping next week. Same time, same place, child. And remember to always share your story because you never know how your storyline might become someone else's lifeline. Until next time, everyone. Later. The Professional Homegirl Podcast is a production of the Black Effect Podcast Network. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. And you can connect with me on social media at the PHG Podcast. You don't put those inside of you, do you? This is a show about women. I mean, you do? Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly-veiled aspirational nightmare. It's not hosted, not narrated, we're just dropping into a woman's world. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. (laughs) Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm John O'Brien, host of Money and Wealth on the Black Effect Podcast Network. I'm an entrepreneur and a businessman. Now, every Thursday, my newest venture is educating you on how to win financially. Even better, I'm going to teach it in a way that, well, you can understand. I'm going to meet you where you are and take you where you need to be. We all might have different starting points and end goals, but as long as we have the desire to acquire financial freedom, it can be done. Listen to Money and Wealth with John Hope Bryant every Thursday on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up? 
This your boy, Jerry Clark, and I am the host of Storytime with Legendary Jerry Podcast. For the last 30 years, I have worked with some of your favorite artists, like Outkast, Killer Mike, Jeezy, Akon, Jermaine Dupri, and so many, many more. Storytime with Legendary Jerry is an ode to the South. Southern rap has had the game on lock for years, and now I'm telling you legendary stories of how we did it. Listen to Storytime with Legendary Jerry on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother, Jonah. And we are so excited to have you hear the latest season of our nostalgia-themed podcast, How Did We Get Weird? Not only do you get to know me and my brother, you get to know the stories that made us the absolutely rad people we are today. Check out our episodes where we've welcomed hilarious guests like our friend Andy Samberg. That's it! That's really it! And Queen Casey Wilson. I really went cart before the horse. I said, I think I have an opportunity to interview Leonardo DiCaprio. (laughs) As a high school student. And you do not want to miss out on our funny segments like (laughs) Change.Dork. Change.Dork. And congratulations, you played yourself. Congratulations. You played yourself. Listen to our podcast, How Did We Get Weird, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Raquel Willis. Join me on my new podcast, Queer Chronicles, a show where LGBTQ plus folks tell their own stories in their own words. This season, teens will share all about growing up in political battleground states. We will always exist, and we will definitely not let them take away our joy, no matter how hard they try. Listen to Queer Chronicles on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your most fabulous shows.